Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your Fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Come on, church, let's stand and let's put our hands together for some praise this morning. Come on.
that when you're a kid of God, stuck is not a thing that we live in. We are not stuck because we have a God that presses us on. We have a God that walks us through the valleys. We have a God that gives us the strength to move the mountains. We have a God that revives. We have a God that restores. We have a God that heals. And our past does not say who we are right now. We are not stuck. We are not stuck in what we've done. We are moving forward constantly as a child of God. We are not stuck.
talks about God's not going to run out of miracles anytime soon. That he has got the answer to every person in this room. Whatever the issue is you face, your God can come through for you and he will come through for you. He is the God of comebacks. He is the God of giving you more than you've ever lost. He can return to you everything the enemy has taken and add more on top of that. Because he's an awesome and a wonderful and an almighty God. We're so glad you guys are here this morning. We're glad you guys have tuned in on the internet. Thank you so much for being a part of this service from there in your home, your automobile, Starbucks, wherever you're at. Thank you so much for watching, tuning in today. Uh, we already had a wonderful nine o'clock service. You guys are in for an amazing, wonderful message of encouragement this morning. Call somebody up there at home. Tell somebody, share the link with them. Let them tune in with you. This is going to be a wonderful, wonderful service. You guys are going to realize in just a little bit why God specifically wanted you to be here in this house today and why you guys are watching online. Well, go back to your seats if you would. Wave at somebody. Tell them you're glad they're here. And we'll get started in the message here in just a few minutes. For those of you that have tuned in from home, we'd like to encourage you, if you would, to just make comments in the chat uh, area, if you would. And if you are new to the Ministry of Fellowship Church, if you'll let us know that by texting the word fellowship to 94,000, just text the word fellowship to 94,000. That'll take you to a link, a registration form. You just let us know that you are a part of today's service. We'll get you more information. And thank you again so much. Uh, for being here today. This morning, as you're giving of your tithes and offerings, we don't pass the buckets inside the 
worship center right now, but there are giving uh, offering boxes in, at the doorways as you guys get ready to leave here today. Hope you're faithful in that. There's, of course, many different avenues to give. You can give through online giving. Go to fellowshipgday.com and give there. You can text tithe, which many of our people do. You can mail in your tithes and offerings. And then many of our people are stopping by the office throughout the week just to say hi and to drop off their tithes and offerings at the desk there with Sheila. So thank you all for being so faithful in that. Thank you for giving. Thank you for continuing to give. We appreciate that so very much. We're going to do another food um, giveaway here in a, in, a, in a few weeks. We'll tell you more about that as that, that comes up. And there's many, many more things that are happening. Now, I do want to make mention of a couple of things. First of all, guys, your pastors and staff are here working, and we've not stopped. If you need us, call on us. Don't be afraid. It's a pandemic. We don't want to bother them. Bother us. If you have a loved one that passes away, contact us. Let us help your family with the uh, memorial service of that loved one. If you have somebody that's getting married, we are still doing weddings. One was done yesterday. We will be there for you, and we will help your family out in that, along with counseling, classes that are going on, all these different things. Now, we are taking precautions for you, and I hope you know that. We have a very large worship center here. Everything is open all the way back to the back corners. And we do not know what individuals' health issues are. We don't know how your immune system is. We don't know if you have pre-existing conditions. We don't know what medications you are on. So even though we care very deeply about you, you and only you are responsible for your health. So therefore, be as cautious as you desire to be in this time. If you want to sit in a back corner, nobody will think you're being rude. If you want to you know, keep your mask on during the service, that's fine. If you want to take it off once you've sat down, that's fine as well. But just know that we, we're sanitizing the, the, the buildings between services. We're doing all the things that we should be doing. But we also love to see you back in a worship service. So if you are comfortable in joining us in the live experience, then please come and please be a part, but just know that nobody's going to judge you. Just take care of yourself. We'll never want to put you, we love you. We will never put you in harm's way. All these different classes and everything we're offering for our teenagers, we're doing the very best we can to keep everybody healthy and strong, but you take care of you during this time, and we'll be praying for you. We'll be asking God to bless you and meet the needs you have in your life. Well, I want to pray a special prayer uh, over our church family. I'm going to pray one over your finances, and then I want to pray one for the firefighters that are here uh, working in Colorado. If you are outside of Colorado, the Grand Junction area has one of the second largest wildfire in the history of the state of Colorado happening just to the north of our city. Everything in our city kind of smells and feels like a wet ashtray right now, and uh, so we're going to be, you know, dealing with that for a while, but we do want to pray for the families of our firefighters and those that are putting themselves in harm's way to be able to put out this fire. And we need to ask for God to help us with that. So if you would bow your heads, and if you need a financial blessing in your life, would you raise your hand, please, real, real quick? Even there at home, slip your hand up in the living room. Okay, let me pray. Father, we love you so much, and we do have a lot to talk to you about, but here's a couple of things Father, and that is, first of all, bless the people of our church financially. Meet every need they have. I pray that those that have lost income, those that have just had extra expenses, I pray that you will blow their mind 
with just giving them back incredible financial blessings. Do this for them. Trust us with money. Thank you for blessing us. And Lord, please restore, I pray, and give back to the people of our church that which the enemy has taken and do it, I pray, even a hundredfold. I ask this in Jesus' name. And Father, we pray you bless the firefighters that are working diligently to uh, put out the wildfires in our state. We pray you keep them safe as they put themselves in harm's way. Bless their families. Be with them. Keep them all safe, strong, and healthy. And then, Father, help us. We're asking you, Father God, to help us by bringing rain to our state. Father, I pray that you would bring a downpour of rain. I pray that you would not only put out these wildfires, but, Father, be enough rain, continuous. We wouldn't have any more for the rest of this year. I pray in Jesus' name, Father, that you would come to our rescue. Bless us in every way. We love you with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. You are our God, and thank you for loving us. Put your hand on this country. And Father, make it everything you want our country to be. In Jesus' name, heal this land. Amen. Good morning, Fellowship Church. And here's what's happening. 4640 started their outdoor services last Wednesday. It was incredible. They did all kinds of water games. And they're going to be continuing that for the next six weeks, Wednesdays at 630. This week, in fact, as you came in this morning, you probably saw the big mud pit that is dug right out beside the church. They're going to be having a mud night, which kids love. Teenagers love that. So parents, make sure that you have them here at 6.30. Make sure that they are enclosed, that they can ruin, uh, because they're going to be having a blast. They're going to be doing a teaching and worship as well. Uh, but make sure your students are involved with 4640 Outdoors. Also, 4640 is doing a student worship night on Sunday, August 30th from six to seven. Now this is an opportunity for our kids to come together uh, and our new worship band in 4640 to play and do worship for them for an entire hour of worship. We'd love to have your students be a part of that as well. If they don't have to register, they can just come on that Sunday evening. We're also gonna be doing a golf outing here at Fellowship Church on October 3rd at 8 a.m. at Adobe Creek. It's only $65 a person. Uh, we're gonna be doing a four-man scramble with all kinds of cool uh, prizes and, and games within the game of golf. Uh, you don't have to have knowledge of golf at all. You can come and just have a good time, uh, but you can register for that on the Church Center app. Also adults, make sure you check out our classes and small groups. Many of them started last week. We have all kinds of them for you to choose from. It's not too late to jump in on any of them. So check them out on our Church Center app. You can register online. God bless you guys. Have a great week and enjoy the rest of the service.
If you're thankful that our God is in the business of bringing his kids some victories, let's give him a shout of praise today. Well, please be seated. We want to welcome all of you that are watching with us at home right now. Thank you so much uh, for joining with us. We have a God who is in the business of bringing us to victory, no matter what battle we face. And today, I want to dive into a story that I love from uh, scripture. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. I know that many of you, uh, if you grew up in church, are familiar with this story. This is the, the battle of David and Goliath, okay? Uh, so many of you, you already know how the story ends, just like the song we just sang. We know how the story ends. Okay, what I wanna start off with is reminding you that David did not know how his story was gonna end. And, and I want us to step into that as we look here in this scripture and, and see, because just because you and I have heard the story before, it can be easy. I've been in church my whole life. It can be easy. Like, I've heard this story before. You, so you check out the word of God is living and active and God can speak to you today in a new and a fresh way. So I want to encourage you right now, join in with me and repeat these words after me. Say, I believe that God will talk to me today. I think that there are some of you that believe that and some of you need to convince yourself of it right now. So do it one more time. Say, I believe that God will talk to me today. I'm going to start this story off reading here in 1 Samuel chapter 17. What happens is David is a young man and his father sends him on an errand to, to bring food to his brothers who are in the army. And his brothers are, are in battle against the Philistines, and, and he's, just, he's just a young boy, and he's just bringing lunch. That was his plan. That was his agenda for the day. He got someone to watch his sheep, and his dad said, I want you to go pick up some Wendy's and bring it to your brother. So that, that's what his plan was for the day, and this is where we see in Scripture, it says, for Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in a battle array, army against army. So this was the plan, this was the battle, that the Israelites and the Philistines were coming up and they had set up camps that they were going to battle army against army, okay? One army, one nation coming against the other nation. That's the plan. That's what scripture says is supposed to happen right now. They are drawn up army against army. Verse 22, and David left his supplies in the hands of the supply keeper and ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name. Now hold on a minute. Goliath wasn't part of the plan. We just read the plan. The plan was army against army. And here David is just trying to show up and bring his brother lunch. And, and all of a sudden, uh, now David is faced with this giant, this champion, this warrior from the enemy nation who, who is coming and speaking against the children of God and speaking against David, speaking against the Israelites. It's like now David was just trying to bring his, his family some lunch and he finds himself in the fight for his very life. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them the title of my message. The title of my message today is I didn't see this coming. 
I didn't see this coming. You might put that in the chat. I didn't see this coming. I wonder how many of you have ever felt that way, that you didn't see this coming. I, I wasn't expecting this. See, this, uh, David, was, uh, he wasn't expecting this. Goliath wasn't part of the plan. He wasn't in my memos for the day. He wasn't on my calendar. It's like I, I had other things to do, and all of a sudden there's this giant facing me, and now I have to deal with this giant. Here's the truth is that every one of us in this room have a giant that we're facing. Now let me clarify. I'm not talking about like a corporate giant. I'm not talking about like what everyone's dealing with together. I'm not talking about COVID. I'm not talking about the economy. I'm saying that each and every one of us, you have your own giant that you're facing. And the truth is, the person even sitting next to you probably doesn't even know what it is. Not unless they're incredibly close to you. There's a lot of us that, (laughs) someone's laughing in the back. They're like, wait, I know what your giant is. You might know what your giant, not know what your giant is, but I know what your giant is. The truth is, for all of us, we've got something that we're facing, that enemy, that devil, that, that, that problem. It could be an addiction. You know, it could be some sort of generational curse, something that you've dealt with for year after year after year. You keep going back to, it's that thing. You get up every day and you feel like, man, I've got to deal with this thing. And here's the problem with the giant is you fight the giant on good days and you fight the giant on bad days. It's not just on days when you expect it because there are days where you get up and you're like, I didn't see this coming. I thought today was gonna be a good day, but now all of a sudden I'm recognizing that that something triggered me, and now I have that same temptation to go back to that same addiction that I've been, I thought I had success over that, and now I'm standing face to face with the giant again. Now, now, now I feel like I'm struggling again. My plan all along was gonna be, I was gonna go to work and have a good day today, and I wake up in a fight with my spouse. I didn't see that coming. My plan all along was I I was just going to make some sales today at work and the phone rings and the school calls and my kid did what? (laughs) Some of you parents, you know what that feels like. He did what? (laughs) Send that boy home, right? It's like, I I didn't see that coming. And, And we can find ourselves in situations and places and times just like David here, like, what is this boy doing? He's just, like, it's simple. Like, bring your brother some food. And, and he goes and he brings food and, and now he finds himself hearing that there is this giant defying the Israelites, going against the plan of that there's gonna be an army against an army and that's where we kind of pick up here, out of nowhere. See, I, w- I wonder, let me stop for a second and ask you. Have you ever found yourself in David's shoes? Have you ever found yourself where like, out of nowhere, something comes knocking on your door and you didn't see it coming and you find yourself now in the fight for your life? It's like, man, I'm just trying to be a good dad. I'm just trying to pay the bills. I'm just trying to be a good mom. I'm just, I'm just trying to make it through another day in some peace. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. You open your door. You find yourself face to face with something. And now you're scared. And now you're going, I don't know if I'm even going to make it through this. Is there anyone in here who understands and who feels that way? 
I'm not talking to you guys. I'm gonna come over here where the real people are. Cause they're like, I think that there are some of you, you're waving at me right now going, yeah, no, I understand. I understand because there are times where like, I feel like I've got my plan and how everything's gonna go and I didn't see this coming. Now I am in a fight that, oh my gosh, this fight is coming against my destiny. This fight is coming against everything that I know and believe right now. That I'm in the middle of a fight and this fight came from a man from Gath, a Philistine by the name of Goliath. Goliath by name coming from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the, the same words. So David heard them. So Goliath is out there mouthing off to the Israelites. Mouthing off about God. Mouthing off about how He's going to overtake them. They're going to become slaves. He's mouthing off. And David, this young man, hears them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Don't you know certain things can make you dreadfully afraid? So I know we put, our, we put our, our facade on, our mask on. No, I'm tough. Nothing scares me. I'm fine. I'm a child of God. Bless Jesus. I'm good. Nothing ever scares me. Yeah, when, when you're truthful, there's some things that can make you dreadfully afraid. These men of God were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man? Have you seen him? Like, like you said, he, this is a scary man. Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills the, him, the king will enrich with great riches and will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. So the king wants this handled so bad, he's like, I got some rewards for you. You can take my daughter as your wife, and then you know what? You don't have to pay taxes anymore. He's like, daughter as wife, silence. No taxes anymore. Woo! <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Your father's house doesn't have to pay taxes. Let's think about this. What does that mean? That's freedom. I, I was born into debt. I was born owing something. I was born where we had to pay. And, and now all of a sudden what you're saying is I don't have to pay anymore. My father doesn't have to pay anymore. I, uh, like, like my life can be changed. This can change the trajectory of my life. Like I could have freedom. and whole, Like I, I wouldn't have to just raise sheep anymore. I could live my life a different way. You, are you saying there's a chance for me to have a different type of life? Like, I, I've been in the debt of sin. I've been in the debt of shame. I've been in the debt of, of going back to the same sins and the same uh, addictions and the same problems over and over again. Are you saying there's a chance that I could be free from that? That, that my father's house, so this is generational. This is saying like the buck stops here. This generational curse can end here. It doesn't have to go on and move on to the next generation and the next generation. That alcoholism can stop here. That drug addiction can stop here. That pornography can stop here. That all sorts of generational curses, it can end here. Are you, are you saying there's a chance for, for everything to change? Yeah, if you kill it. So if you kill this giant, if you kill this giant, there'll, there'll be a reward for you. There'll be no more debt. There'll be freedom here. And, and the men are saying, this is what's gonna happen. 
for anyone who can go and who can fight and who can win here. And I think for every one of us, if we're honest, we look at the different areas of our life where we struggle. And for many of you, you might look at generational curses. You might look at problems that you struggle with. And, and, the, and you get some hope when you hear this because you're thinking, uh, I, if I could just kill it, I could win. If I could just win this battle, I could get some freedom. And it's like, I, I, I want to kill it. I want to kill it. I need to kill it. God, help me kill it. Someone say, God, help me kill it. God, help me kill it. This giant that I'm facing, this thing that every time I try to take a step forward, it tries to knock me back. God, help me kill it. I, I, I want my life changed. See, I don't want to just have to live life the way that every generation has lived before. I don't want to just be another person shoveling sheep dung. I, I, I want to walk in the palace. And David is he's sitting here and hearing this, and he's like, say, what? It, what did you just say? What, what should be done for the person who kills this man? So then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, what shall be done for the man who kills the Philistines and takes away the reproach from Israel? And then he goes on, and this is what the young man, David, says. He says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine who should defy the armies of the living God? Man, I love the tenacity that he has here. I love the fact that he, excuse me, who is this that would come and stand and defy and disrespect against my God? Who is it that would disrespect my destiny? Who is it that would defy my family? Who is it that would defy my future? Who is it that would defy my, who is this man? And I find it interesting because he, call, he calls them uncircumcised. Why is that important? We know in the Old Testament that circumcision uh, was an outward symbol of a covenant between the children of God and God. He's saying, this thing is not coming from God. This is coming from the enemy and it's coming to try to stop God's plan in my life. Who is it that would dare try to stop God's plan in my life? And David, this young man, he, he's getting angry. Excuse me, who is it? Who is this that would stand and defy my dreams? Who is this that would tell me that I couldn't have freedom and couldn't have hope? Who is this that's going to tell me that I'm going to be in slavery and bondage? It's like, wait a minute, David. Hold on, baby. You're just a child. You're still just a boy. I mean, think about this. David, he didn't have a sword. He didn't have a shield. He didn't have a horse. He didn't even have a uniform. All he had was outrage. And David's saying, no, this is not okay. I love when you see him talking this way. Don't you see his resistance to the very thing that everyone else seemed to just be okay with going along with? Well, that's just the way it is. That's just the way life is. I mean, we just have to, we have to deal with this problem and we have to deal with that problem and you can't really change this and can't really change. And David's like, oh no, 
No, no, no, no, no, no. Not the God I serve. The God I serve is not going to put up with his kids getting picked on. The God I serve is not going to be okay with just, you're going to have to do things my way. No, 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 no. So you've got this little boy, and he's coming out there with more courage and more strength than all of the men standing around him going, I don't think so. Don't defy my God. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? starts asking, so wait a minute, what should be done for the man who kills him? I want to know about this. So he gets what? He gets, he gets the king's daughter. That sounds pretty good. He is free from taxes. That, that sounds pretty good. And he's asking these questions. And it's interesting that when this conversation is going on, like, like, like he's trying to figure out what rewards am I going to get if I actually battle and fight and win over the thing that's been trying to destroy me? I think it's something every one of us need to ask because I don't know about you, but I don't think I'm the only person in this room where you feel like you're fighting a giant where you feel like you're, every time you're on the verge of a breakthrough, on the verge of getting to the next level, there's a giant there, there's a battle there that's trying to push you back and hold you back and tell you you can't move forward. I don't, I don't think I'm the only one there. Is there anyone in this room, be honest enough to be like, you know what, every time I feel like I'm trying to move forward, there's some fight ahead of me. Man, David's asking, so, so what should be done? And, and it's interesting, while he's asking these questions. Now, Eliab, this is David's older brother. Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? Don't you know that every time you're getting ready to do something great, there is always going to be someone who tries to remind you of your place. Every time you decide you're gonna make a change, there's gonna be someone who tries to remind you why you can't. Oh no, you, you can't get that promotion. Yeah. Aren't you supposed to be with those sheep in the wilderness? I mean, that's not how we talk now. I mean, that'd be really weird. Like, <laughs> this is how it sounds now. It's more like, oh, I knew you win. Uh, oh, you're gonna change? Right. How many times have you been on a diet? Right. You're gonna change? I knew you. It's funny because many of you that know my story, you know when I was younger, I made a lot of stupid decisions. And I, I did some dumb things, got in a lot of trouble. And every once in a while, I'll run into someone from my past that, that knew me 25 years ago or so. And they, they knew me when I was getting in trouble and in They'll hear that I'm a pastor and they'll be like, you're a pastor? I'm like, yeah, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor of Fellowship Church. I'm like, <laughs> right. I knew you win. It's, it's funny because the enemy will always try to, to send someone to put you back in your place. And here's what I want you to catch. And here's what I want you to not miss today. Don't miss this. The criticism that came at David telling him he should be back in the sheep's field, that, that, that he has no business being in the battle. The criticism that came against David did not come from the giant. It came from his brother. Oh, it's easier to take when it comes from the giant. I hate the giant. The giant hates me. Big deal. 
But how are you, like, this is the same brother that I'm bringing lunch to right now, that I'm, I, I'm here because I love you, I'm trying to feed you, and you're gonna, you're gonna eat my lunch and speak against my destiny? Are you kidding me? Like, can't I get some sort of support? Do you care at all that I'm here? Like, having your back, won't you have my back? But it's like, every time I try to move forward, someone's got something to say about why I can't move forward, and it hurts the most when it's coming from people that you love. It hurts the most when it's like, no, this time I'm gonna make a change. Oh yeah, right, I've seen you try to make your changes before, and here he is standing on the edge of the battlefield with his brother, looking at the fight of his life, knowing that his whole world can change, the circumstances could change, he could have victory, his family could change, the generational curses could be broken, that Israel could be free in a way where they would no longer be underneath any sort of attack against the Philistines. There's so much that can change and the attack is coming from my side. Man. One of the powerful things I see about David that I admire in him so much though is that I recognize that in this story we see that David went into the battlefield not with the confidence of knowing that his brother had his back because he didn't. But he went into the battlefield deciding if I don't have help from anyone, if I don't have, if I don't have encouragement from anyone, if, if my, no one has my back, he knew that there was one who had his back. He knew that God had his back. And man, don't you know that'll change how you walk? That'll give you some swagger. Man, it's like, have you ever had anyone who is willing to just fight for you? I know I'm not supposed to talk this way. I'm a pastor, right? But like, I'm talking like literally. Have you ever known anyone who's like willing to fight for you? Now, let me disclaim this so I don't get in trouble. They'll put this on YouTube and get me in trouble if I don't disclaim it. It's like, if you're under 18, listen, I am not telling you to go get in a fist fight, okay? That is not what I am saying. I am just telling you a story about my past. Because once upon a time, there was a time when adults did not get overly involved in kids' life and the lives, and they let them work things out on their own so that things didn't erupt into bigger problems. And I grew up in that day and age where people were allowed to work things out on their own. And I remember in middle school, I, I found myself where I was about to get into a big fist fight. Because in sixth grade, I, I was on the football team and we were all growing up together and I was tiny and I, and, and I remember getting off for summer break and coming back and, and I looked around and all the friends that I used to play football with, I looked at and I was shocked because they had all grown six inches and 30 pounds and I was still the same little boy that I was in sixth grade. And I remember the, the day, it was like the first week of seventh grade that, that I, uh, I was standing out in front of the school and uh, this kid started picking on me because I was small, I hadn't grown. I, I used to be part of the football team and now I'm, I'm in the smaller weight class of the football team and he's making fun of me for all this and, and I'm getting angry and I'm thinking this is about to go down, this is about to be a fight right now. And, and, and he's picking on me but what he didn't know and I gotta get a shout out to one of my old friends, Casey Dansby, if you're listening, this is a shout out to you right now. I love you buddy, thank you for having my back in middle school. But, but what he didn't know is one of these guys that grew 30 pounds in six inches and also, by the way, trained martial arts for fun, happened to be one of my closest friends. 
And I'm standing there getting mouthed off to by this guy. And he's just, blah, 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 I'm going to take you down and this and that and this and that. And I'm bracing myself. I'm ready. I'm like, I'm going to lose this fight, but I'm going to hurt him on the way down. I'll tell you what, like, I'm, I've got, I've got this, like, it's not the size of the dog of the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. And I'm thinking, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. Before I even have a chance to do anything, something flies by my head. And I didn't even realize what it was for a second until I realized my friend Casey swings a roundhouse kick, barely misses me and hits the guy right between the eyes. Boom, he goes down. I'm looking at it, looking at Casey, looking like I don't realize what just happened here. Like he totally took him out. I look at Casey and Casey goes, uh, we should go. <laughs> I agree, we left. <laughs> I'm not gonna give you any more details out of the story because I don't want either one of us to get in any more trouble. But anyways, the point being, what happened on that day is I realized I had someone that had my back that was stronger than me, that, that it didn't matter. If I, I didn't even get a chance to swing in this fight. It just got handled for me. And when you have that, you walk with a different swagger. I walked into the school with a different swagger. Oh, you're gonna mess with me, huh? And that boy never looked at me again. That, that boy, he left me alone again. Why? Because he, I had a different swagger. This is what we see here that's so much more important than human strength is David walked into the greatest battle of his life with a swagger because he was coming, not relying on the, the strength and the encouragement of a human, but he was relying on the strength and the encouragement of God because it was David that said, the same God who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the same God who delivered me from the paw of the bear is the same God who will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine let me at him let me go have a fight with this guy what is he doing he's picking a fight for God he's standing on the side of the battlefield did he just defy my God did, did God just say he had a hope and a plan for me for my future and you're telling me that no? You're defying what God just said. Did, did my God say to honor him and you're telling me to do life society's way instead? You're defying my God. Did, did my God say put him first and you're saying I can't talk about him at work? You're defying my God. And to walk into life with the type of swagger like David did takes some decisions. Because that's where this battle was won. The, the battle wasn't won immediately on the battlefield. The battle was first won with the decisions that David made. In fact, that's where every battle's won. First, what will you decide? We see it even with Jesus because you say, well, where, where was the battle won for humanity? Was it won at the cross? And then you could argue it was won on Golgotha when Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose again. I could also argue you it wasn't won on Golgotha first. It was won first in Gethsemane. It was when first when Jesus was alone in the garden of Gethsemane and he was crying before the heavenly father and asking and saying, God, if, if it's at all possible, take this bitter cup from me. I don't want to do this, but if it's your will, I'll do it. And, and Jesus had to make the decision, yes, I will go to battle. I, I, I will do this. And we didn't even understand why. 
We didn't even understand why until the writer of Hebrews said, but for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What is the joy that was set before him? It was you and I. He looked at you and I and he said, okay, what's so important is that I love you so much, I am going to endure whatever battle I have to endure. I will endure the cross, I will endure shame, I will endure death, I will endure hell, and I will conquer it all for you. He decided to win long before he went into the battlefield. David made some decisions to win and the same decisions that you and I have to make if you and I are ever gonna defeat the battles, defeat the giants that you and I face in life. So I wanna ask you right now to bring to mind those things that you're afraid of. Bring to mind those, those battles. Maybe you've been passive about them and you've been pushing them off. I don't know if I really wanna deal with this or whatever. I wanna give you three words that will help you to make the decisions you need to make so that you can be successful in fighting your giants. The first word is this. Eclipse, eclipse. Sounds like a weird point, this is what I mean. Your cause must eclipse your circumstances if you are ever going to defeat your giant. Your cause or your calling has to be more important than your circumstances if you are ever going to defeat your giant, see it's, it's cause that brings about effect. So if you don't have a cause, then you won't have an effect. If, it, that, that's why there are so many people that go through life just bouncing around with their feelings. Like if you don't have something to fight for that matters, you will go through just life just digressing back to living life and making decisions based on how you feel. You have to have a cause. What is the cause? What, what am I fighting for? What do I care about? For David, he's realizing I'm fighting for the fact that that we can be broken out of debt generationally, that, that I, could, I, I could get out of the sheep's field, that I could have freedom, that I could have a wife. He's looking at the fact that he's fighting for something so much greater. On the opposite end, of, he's looking at the fact that he's keeping this nation out of slavery. He said, I have a cause, I have something great to fight for. And until you have a cause, it, it, it's really easy to back away from a battle and go, oh, that giant's not worth fighting. Well, don't you know sometimes you will face things that the cause becomes so great and so urgent, like you were scared until? I was afraid to fight this fight until I got that diagnosis. I was afraid to fight this fight until I got laid off. I was afraid to fight this fight until this happened, and it's like now I have a cause. Now, now there's something greater than, than me just what I feel, what I, what I care about in the moment. Have you ever been scared of something and then now you're not scared of it anymore because you care so much more about what you're fighting for than how scary the giant is that's standing on the opposite of you? It's important that we get to that place. See, cause is something that every one of us can have. Like, like cause is something you see when, when you have something to fight for. It's like it can turn a little woman into a vicious warrior. It can make a little woman attack a bear. It can make a little woman attack a big man. Let me prove it to you. Let's find one of these little moms after the service is over and knock over one of their kids. <laughs> we will call the ambulance for you. Like, 
Before you know it, she will flip on you and she will turn into a guerrilla warrior and who knows what's gonna happen to you because her cause was to protect her kids and the fighting for her kids is so much greater than however scary you might look and however scary you might be. The mama says amen. You don't mess with the mama. I'm telling you, mamas could get crazy, right? Like, and that same type of crazy can be in each and every one of us when we decide, you know what, I have something to fight for. When you say, you know what, I'm gonna fight for my destiny. You're like, you're not gonna get my kids. You're not gonna get my marriage. Who is this enemy that would come and defy my destiny? Who is this Philistine that would say that I can't have the dreams that God wants me to have? Who is this enemy that would try to keep me from my kids? Try to keep me from my dreams, my hopes, my future. Who, who is this enemy? It's now what I'm fighting for has eclipsed the giant that stands in front of me. Do you have a cause that's greater than your circumstance? That's a decision you have to make if you're gonna go into battle. The second one is this, is the word enough. I'd tell you to write this down, but we're not in the 1900s, so like uh, put it in your phone or something, take a picture or whatever, but, but like enough. Like, you, you have to have a cause that eclipses your circumstances, and then two, you have to recognize that you are enough in what you have enough. You will never defeat the giants that you face until you realize that you are enough. That, that God has given you everything you need for the battle that you face. That, that so many of us, we try to disqualify ourselves because we say things like, well, I'm just not educated enough. I just I haven't been given the same opportunities other people have. I don't have the same resources. If I just had more money, if I just had more time, if I just had all these other things, then I would be fine. But, but the truth is you cannot defeat your giant until you recognize what God has given you is enough and that you are enough. I want everyone in here to say, I am enough. Say it again, say it like you believe it. Say, I am enough. Type it into the chat because you are enough. Here's the thing, if God allowed you to be in a battle, he's already given you enough of what you need in order to be able to be successful in the battle. Because David looked down and what did he have? He had stones. I got a rock, okay? Real scary. You and I would look at that and be like, wow, you got a rock. You throw that rock at me and I'm gonna whoop you, right? That's exactly what Goliath is thinking. But David looked at what he had differently than everyone else did. Because he knew, wait a minute, I don't have much, but I know that God can use the little that I have. So if... If all God gave me was a rock and a sling in order to be able to get in this battle, then he's also given me the ability to use this in a way where I can win, in the way where I can succeed. So, so I can take a little and I can do a lot with it. And here's the truth. A lot of us, we look at our lives and we go, I don't have much to work with. My, my job isn't much to work with. My education isn't much to work with. My health isn't much to work with. Well, what do you have? What do you have? Because what you, you see, God never uses what you don't have to bless you. He always uses what you have left to bless you. So I wonder, what do you have? Might be like, I need to change my health. What do you have? Do you have, do you have five minutes that you could go on a walk? 
Well, I, I need to change my marriage. Do you have five minutes you can pray with your wife? Like what, what do you have? And that brings me to the third point. Because once we recognize that, that God will give us everything that we need, that we are enough. And see, a, a side point on that is that no one thought David was enough. His own dad, when, when, when Samuel came to anoint him as king, his own dad didn't think he was enough. Saul didn't think he was enough. He's like, you need armor stuff. Goliath didn't think he was enough. What mattered was David recognized if God allowed me to be here, God must believe I'm enough. And too many of you are trying to convince other people that you're enough instead of just believing that God is enough. You're spending too much time on Instagram and Facebook trying to show people you're enough. You're spending too much time trying to convince Eliab that you're enough. You're trying to spend too much time convincing Goliath that you're enough when you should just believe if God puts you there, he's already prepared you for what he has prepared for you. You are enough. And when you get that, that brings me to the last, the closing point right now, is once you get that what God has given you is enough, you gotta put some effort. You gotta put some effort into it. You might not have a lot, but you've gotta use the little bit that you had. See, I'm, I'm gonna put some effort into what I have. I'm gonna put it to practice. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. I've got to, I've got to do what I know to do. And see, here's the trick. It's not about knowing more of what to do. It's about doing what you know. It's not about knowing more of what to do, it's about doing what you know. Every time I see someone get in trouble in some area of their life, whether it be their marriage, their finances, their business, whatever, they think, what I need is I need more knowledge. I just need to listen to more sermons, I need to read more books, I need more counseling appointments, I need more, more information, just more information, just more information. We try to get fat off of information, but the people that are successful in life aren't trying to find more information, they're trying to use the information that they already have. And see, all you need is to do what you already know. If you just take one Bible verse, if that's all you got, and you hold on to it, and you put it to practice, you can use, you can put some effort into that, and God can start to bless that. It's like, if, if all you know is the verse for, I will never leave you nor forsake you, that's Joshua 1, 4, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. If, if that's all you know, you can start preaching that one verse to yourself and be like, okay, I feel alone today, but God promised me he'll never leave me nor forsake me, so I trust that. And you can start moving forward in life because all you have to do is take the little things you know. If, if what you know is you should be praying over your family, it's like you don't need to read more books on how to pray over your family. You don't need to hear more messages on how to pray over your family. Just stop and go, God, please bless my family. Well, that wasn't much of a prayer. Or was it? You used what you knew. And see, David took the little rock he had and he put it in a sling and he used what he had in the miracle here. See, a, a rock never should have knocked over a giant. A rock never should have taken down a champion warrior who has been training his whole life. But when you take the little bit that you got and you put effort behind it, your God gets behind you and has got your back on that battlefield and your God will knock him over. And then you're all of a sudden going, I don't know where it came from. Some foot just came flying by my head and boom, he's down. It was like, wow. 
Now all of a sudden I'm getting the credit for it, but, but it was God all along. And here's what I hope you'll understand, brothers and sisters, is when it comes to the fights and the battles that you have in your life, because every one of us are fighting a giant, you're fighting a giant in a fixed battle. You're gonna win if you just decide to fight. If you just decide, like David, that's enough. I've had enough of this. No one else is gonna tell me anymore that I can't have what God says I can have. No one else is gonna tell me, like, I'm not gonna be held down by addiction anymore. I'm not gonna, uh, enough is enough. I'm going to fight this battle head on, not because I'm strong, but because he cannot fail and he's got my back. I've just got to step into the battlefield and God is saying, will you step into the battlefield? Because the victory is yours if you'll just take it. Who's got your back? Would you bow your heads with me? Because I believe that we can flip this sermon on its head and just as we'd say, David walked into a situation where he said, I didn't see this coming, didn't know I was gonna go into a fight. It can be flipped on its head where the world says, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Some little child of God just got great victory in their life. Must have been that God had their back. I want to ask you right now, if you'd just be honest, if, if you're fighting a giant, maybe something you fought your whole life, maybe something you fought for generations, and you want some victory in your life, I want to ask you to just be honest and put your hand in the air, because I want to pray for you right now. God, I thank you for the hands that we're putting up right now. What we're doing by admitting this is we're saying, God, we need your help. And I think in the past, for some of us, it'd be different for all of us, but for some of us, maybe we've been passive and we haven't fought where we should have fought. Maybe we've been fighting by our own strength, whatever it is, God. Right now, what we ask for is that you'd give us victory. And I pray that you'd help us to make the decision to step out onto the battlefield and to say enough is enough. What I'm fighting for is more important than what I'm scared of. I'm fighting for my destiny. I'm fighting for my kids. I'm fighting for my marriage. I'm fighting for my dreams. I'm fighting for my hope. That's all more important. And I believe that God, even though I felt ill-equipped, I recognize that you've given me everything that I need. So God, help us to put to effort the things that you've already given us and give us victory. God, and we, we pray that as you give us victory that you'd help us to, to just turn it back around and give all the glory to you. So when the world's looking at you going, I didn't see that coming, how'd that happen? We go, well, it wasn't me. It was the fact that God has got my back and he's the one that rescued my marriage. He's the one that rescued my business. He's the one that rescued me from addiction. So God, we'll give you all the glory. We thank you so much for your love. We thank you that you never let us walk into a battle alone. We praise you. We thank you. We pray that you be with us today as we leave this place and help us to look more like you and love more like you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Let's give our God a shout of praise before we go.
Thank you so much for being here with us today. I want to thank all of you that have joined with us online. Please share uh, this uh, message with your friends and family so that we can reach as many people as possible with the message of Christ. We love you. We can't wait till we can see you in person. Love you. Goodbye. Thanks so much for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Just say, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time or you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgha.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.